Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Guelph College Podcast, uh, where we provide tools to help our college students grow in Christlikeness. So tune in as we dive into uh, today's episode, where we will be discussing uh, life after graduation. So thanks for tuning in. Okay, hello everyone. Uh, today is a very special day because we have a guest. Uh, we have Beaudry Langston over here. He uh, is just a member over at the well. He's been, how long have you been here for? Two years next week. Two years next week. Dang. Okay, that's a lot. But um, so first, uh, let me tell you a little bit about what my heart is for having some uh, speakers here. Uh, at this point, you're pretty used to you know, the format that has been me speaking uh, on certain topics. But uh, this time we have a, a guest here. And the heart behind that is really for us to discuss certain things after graduation. So how does life look like as a disciple of Jesus after graduation? Uh, you know, I remember being in college and in a lot of ways we were taught to pursue Jesus in college. And... Uh, I love a lot of those ways just ended up being really impractical uh, after I graduated. So um, ever since, I think my heart has been more or let's say less about trying to figure out how to pursue Jesus in college and more how to learn how to pursue or learn certain disciplines towards pursuing Jesus after college. So that's that's really the heart over here. So if you're a senior, uh, you're particularly in our minds as we you know, dive into the next uh, ep- uh, couple of episodes. Uh, here, we wanted to do something really special just to say we love you, um, you know, we are for you, and here in the next couple of weeks, you can expect for us to have some sort of like senior send-off, and we're thinking about those kinds of things. But um, as of now, this is the best way that really we can love you is to talk about uh, how does life look like after you graduate. So even though college is a real stage of life, uh, it's a transitional one, which means I can guarantee you with 100% certainty that within, you know, if you're a freshman within four years or if you're a senior within two months or whatever, uh, that life will look very, very, very different. Uh, so, yes, there is a value in us learning how to live as disciples of Jesus in college. But I'm more interested, again, in figuring out how to live life as disciples of Jesus after uh, we jump out of college. Uh, So here you have us. Uh, We are not super old. We're not super wise. But what we do have is some sort of experience, uh, you know, in regards to having graduated and uh, having to live life. You know, I'm preparing to have a second baby, which is crazy. Uh, Bo just had a couple of job transition, which it's crazy too. But um, all that to say, uh, the best thing that we really can give you is ourselves. And though we have not mastered uh, any of this, all really, uh, all that we, all all that we really can give you is our experiences, whether they're successes um, or failures. So, here uh, we have uh, Bo, and now Bo, would you mind telling us a little bit about uh, just yourself and? Yeah, so I have been out of college four years. Like you said earlier, lived in Abilene for almost two. Um, took me five years to get through college uh, <laughs> yeah. by, by the end of the 
the senior year, I was like, I can do one more. It'll be fine. About two months in, I was over it, ready to be done with. Yeah, yeah. Ready to be That's done fair. with college. Um, but it was a good time. I went to Oklahoma Christian University. Loved it. It was a good time. I'm now doing something that is not at all in my um, major. Wait, what, what was your major, actually? Communications. <laughs> yeah. Minor in youth ministry. Yeah, Literally chose it, went in undeclared. Okay. Chose it um, because they said, you kind of need to choose a major. And I said, what has the least amount of math? They said, communications. I said, sign me up. That's fair. Um, so that's how I got the major that I had, um, how I got my degree. But it, my core, I am a car guy. You're a I car love, guy. Love anything and everything automotive. Um, I've owned seven cars, one motorcycle. Drove 33 vehicles before I was 18. That's crazy. I uh, stopped counting in like 2015, 2016 after I'd driven 112 vehicles. Um, I just love cars. You love cars. Anything automotive. Dude, where does that where does that love kind of come from? Um, growing up, dad did all the all our work on our own vehicles and we were always out there helping him and he had a love for cars and it just kind of translated into me and I don't know. I, I've just yeah. always loved cars, yeah. loved driving. Well, cause I just, uh, I was just in Facebook scrolling down and I saw your, your brother yeah. whose birthday was not that long ago. Yesterday. Yesterday actually. Right? And, uh, he posted some sort of uh, thread where he posted all the cars that he's owned. Yes. And it was like 14. Yes. I'm like, you guys are crazy. So it's a definitely a family thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can say it's a, it's a family thing. Um, we've just always all kind of been into cars. And I found the joy of buying and selling cars on Craigslist in college, through college. In my five years there, I owned five cars. Bought them for super cheap. <laughs> sold them right before they died and bought another one with That's the money awesome. I made off of it. Awesome. Uh, when you said two years you've been living in Abilene? Two years next week. Okay. Dean, how has that been? It's been really good. Um, the Lord has been really kind to me through the whole transition. Um, I've enjoyed my time here. Um, I enjoyed my time in Oklahoma, but after seven years, like going to college, and I just stuck around for two years after because I couldn't afford to live anywhere else. Um, I stuck around um the lord called me to move to abilene and it was really a super easy transition just because i had some friends here my brother was here um and a job lined up and housing just everything lined up perfectly um and it was definitely a god thing me moving here and recently it's been almost a year actually and i've been started a new job that I absolutely love. Dude, how did you, this is just interesting, right? Because we're talking about uh, the transition towards out of college towards somewhere else. So there's a lot of talk and possibilities about where you could move. Would you mind walking us through the process of discernment on how you actually chose Abilene? Did you have another option? Here's what happened. I had, my brother lived here, if some of y'all know him, Kisto Langston, he was the worship minister here at the well. Um, he's Shout my out brother, mm-hmm. RIP. Um, <laughs> he's not dead, by the way. He just yeah. moved. Um, 
he I came down to visit him and another good friend of both of ours. Um, I came down here in the year 2017 probably nine times um, and just to visit them and hang out and one time leaving headed back to Oklahoma I just came up here for a weekend one time leaving I there was just this weight on my chest of when I was leaving like I don't want to leave here um, growing up a lot there were a lot of times where I felt that weight but it was different because it was I don't want to go back to what I'm going back to mm, okay. um, this was different it was a familiar feeling, but it wasn't, I don't want to go back home. It was, I really just don't want to leave here. Um, just because of the community that I had here, um, even just a little glimpse um, from a weekend of hanging out with some friends, I, I don't know, I felt like the Lord put this weight on me. And driving back for our drive, about half of it, I didn't listen to music or anything. It was just silence. Um, trying to decipher, discern what it was that I was feeling. Um, and I felt like on that drive home, I felt like the Lord was telling me to move to Abilene, that I needed to be in Abilene. Um, it wasn't for another year after that that I finally, everything came together and I ended up moving. But that's really the reason why I moved to Abilene. Um, and it was really, it just made sense because I knew it was going to be an easy transition because um, I was working at a Volkswagen dealership in Oklahoma and I had mm -hmm. a job lined up here at a Volkswagen dealership. Um, I already knew what church I was going to be going to because my brother was a worship pastor. And um, so job, church, I already had friends. I wasn't going to have to completely start over socially. Mm, okay. It, and that was a huge deal for me. It's a big deal. Dude, I love that because I remember whenever I was about to graduate, I had this kind of weight of not knowing. I had a couple of possibilities. I, I think I had two or three. So many possibilities. And I remember really the, how haunting it was to not know which one I was supposed to yeah. go to. I, I remember around that time, and I hope that this is helpful to any of you, but... I remember at the, around that time being really stressed because I felt like the Lord had chosen a path for me mm -hmm. and for me to step out of that path was to walk in disobedience. Yeah. But in reality, what I started to realize was that really the only path to take was that of obedience. Mm -hmm. Like there was something in me that was like, Lord, I, I legit feel that you're calling me here. It has been discerned in community. It has been discerned. Uh, you know, through scripture and through wisdom of mentors and whatever else. And I just legit feel like this is where you're calling me and I'm going to obey. I understood there, wherever I went, uh, that he would be sovereign over that. Um, so I remember that being really yeah. special. But I love too the fact that you speak of Abilene in terms of the people that you had. So it wasn't like this kind of, and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this, but it wasn't this kind of career move or... No self-oriented kind of like uh, self-interest there's a city there's a good church there uh you know i have my brother there i have friends there i'm just gonna pull the trigger right. and move uh, would you say that that's pretty oh yeah definitely okay. and and it was crazy also because i at the time i had a church that i really 
loved and was super connected to. Um, I had a job that I absolutely loved. It was an amazing job, uh, making pretty good money um, and several other things that I just really didn't want to leave. Um, but I, it was so obvious that the Lord was calling me to move. Um, and it took a couple weeks of wrestling with, okay, God, do you really want me to move? Like, are you really calling me to move to Abilene out in the middle of nowhere in Texas? Like, are you really calling me to do this? Um, and I felt like when I actually decided and committed, like, okay, this is what God is calling me to, um, I'm going to move. Um, it was really cool because the Lord kind of slowly started peeling away. I prayed um, when I had actually committed. I prayed like, God, I, I'm going to move because I feel like that's what you're calling me to do, but I'm going to miss these things. I'm going to miss my church. I'm going to miss my family. I'm going to miss uh, my job. And slowly those things just kind of went away. The job we got, dealership got bought out and the job was no longer amazing. A lot of people left and new people were brought in and it just wasn't what it was before. Mm -hmm. um, just in different things happened it, with everything that I'd listed to God that day that made it to where like, okay, you know, this stuff isn't going to hold me back and I really don't feel bad about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Dude, um, awesome. Something that I love the way that you live your life is how do you utilize your time, uh, particularly your singleness. Tell us just a little bit about how have you chosen to utilize uh, singleness. You move into this town and then suddenly you lose a lot of friends that you had in college, whatever, you move to a small city and you're a single person. Uh, what sort of advice would you have for for those people in regards to how to utilize their time? Um, a couple things here. First, um, I something that I've found really important is learning who you are, where your identity is outside of everyone else around you. I think that's just so huge um, because if you base your identity on people also, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever. Um, people let you down. Like humans are mm -hmm. human and they're going to let you down at some point. Um, so I feel like identity, where your identity lies is a huge thing. Um, and I think in the four years really since college, a big thing for me has been finding who I am as a person outside of any other relationship or um, even friendship, um, really trying to find my identity in Christ because that's the only thing that's not going to go anywhere. Um, also, I guess the second part of that is use your time to do things that you're not going to be able to do. I know one day I probably won't be able to help out every week uh like i did for a while i won't be able to go to two gcs like there's just a lot of stuff that i'll need to cut back on because i need to focus time elsewhere um mm -hmm. so i guess in this time it's i want i want to do as much as i can until 
that's no longer an option to not feel like, man, I really wasted those years of singleness. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to feel that way. So I'm going to do what I can to not feel that way. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's a big aspect there of, this is something that I've realized in my own life. There's always, this is very like American, right? Where you're always moving forward onto Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. So you're never really present where you are. So I remember being single and thinking, oh my gosh, whenever, you know, I start dating somebody or whatever else, or I get married or whenever I have my own house or, and all that time that I was just present with, you know, I had like six roommates uh, and all of them are married now, but so it's, many roommates. I know <laughs> we call our house the, the orphanage because somehow just the people <laughs> It seriously was that. Whenever people didn't have a home, they just landed in ours. And we love that. And we loved opening our doors. And people just kind of stay with us. And I mean, we're all single. Suddenly, my roommates start dating people. And suddenly, they start dropping like flags because they (laughs) start getting married. And, you know, and that was all fair. It was awesome. Um, But there was an aspect in which we had the the availability and the ability to walk together in a level of depth that later we just right. didn't have and you know right. they ended up moving to different states uh and uh, something that i started realizing is like we have this i mean and as cheesy as it is it really is a present it's mm-hmm. a gift yeah uh of being here and embracing the stage of life that the lord yeah. has you in you know oklahoma was great mm-hmm. your job there was great yeah uh but then comes abilene and it's it, I feel like even allowing ourselves to be the kind of people that walk uh, open-handedly to be able to say, Lord, nothing holds me back. Right. You have, I love this little saying. I don't, I don't really remember where I saw it, but it said something along the lines of like, Lord, before you ask, the answer is yes. Like mm-hmm. it communicates this kind of yeah. posture of the heart that is willing to let go of whatever in order to embrace yeah. present. And the present is right here. Uh, it's right now. You right now, it's the time for you to, you know, uh, study abroad and travel to Europe uh, and have really good, fun memories with your friends. This is a really good time for you to learn perhaps how not to be self centered. Right. You know, that's what I love about your story that everything that you said so far that you've utilized your singleness for was to grow in love for others and concern for others instead of it just being all about yourself uh i love that and that was oklahoma yeah it, be, being all about myself that was exactly. oklahoma I, exactly. I i lived that out as far as i could i yeah. had everything and the lord called me away from that yeah and so since i've been in abilene it's been a little bit different yes absolutely and i love that i, I absolutely especially because life from now on becomes less centered around you yeah like if you're a single guy life is about you right and that's not bad. You can have your own routines. Yeah. You can sleep however late you want to, etc. Then you get married, and now you're having to divide that yeah. time to actually serve and love someone else. Yeah. And then you have kids, and then a second kid, third yeah. kid, fourth, and then it's like... What, you're having four kids? No, no. I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Right now, just two. Okay. We, we thought we were going to have twins, and I was I legit had like a existential crisis. <laughs> I started... I don't know, working in my yard after we thought we were having twins. But then it comes out that we only have one. So uh, that's good. But dude, um, awesome. 
what would you say um, are so, some things um, that surprised you after you graduated? One, kind of what we were talking about, mm -hmm. lack of events and things to do. I feel like in college we had, like there was always something going on. Literally 100% of the time there was always something going on. There was never a moment where you were bored. If there is, say maybe you're doing it wrong, uh, <laughs> or just not paying attention to what's going on. Mm -hmm. But in college there is always something going on. And after college, th there's not. Um, it's just... I mean, there's things to do, but not like there was in college. Um, Especially in Abilene. Oh, yeah. It's it's Abilene. There's nothing to do ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. So, I feel like in that, I've caught myself thinking, like, man, I'm just, like, working all day. All right. We're going to do it again. And there's nothing to look forward to. It's just kind of get bogged down in a get up go to work go home get on netflix whatever go to bed get up do the same thing over and over again uh, kind of a living for the weekend mentality but then the weekend gets there and there's nothing to do i don't mm -hmm. know that's kind of surprising to me something you have to i guess create things to look forward to mm -hmm. get a hobby yeah know? yeah kind of like college just hands you yeah. these opportunities yeah and they come to you it's the same yeah. with making friends oh yeah 100%. That's the thing that has been one of the hardest things for me after college. Oh, yeah. It's like making friends. Where do you meet people? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't have friends. <laughs> oh, no, you do have friends. I do yeah. have friends. I yeah, do yeah, have yeah. friends. No, no. But, but you see why, what I mean? why I go to two GCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely. Like, it's like, it's that community that's kind of forced, but it's kind of nice in college because there's always people around. They're always around your age. If not, I mean, they're professors, but there's so many more people around your age. You don't have that. Like, I think I'm maybe one of the youngest guys at work now. Mm, and yeah. it, it's just kind of strange going into a place like nobody else is around my age. So leaving college, a place where everyone is within four years of you, pretty much, mm -hmm. um, to I'm really, really young. To everyone around me and I mean that's fun yep um, another thing is it it is difficult to keep up with people mm -hmm. because everyone you can graduate college if you're in Abilene I say most people leave it seems like most people leave mm -hmm. um, and I mean that's how it was in even Oklahoma City is where Oklahoma Christian was is um, People leave. It's hard to stay in contact with them. The guys I lived with for two years, super close to for two years, they're all scattered all over the place. And if I'm in town, we may meet up. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. um, so that that kind of surprised me. Um, so I think it's important to plug in if you are leaving a city moving to a different city I mean you've got to plug in you have to find that community somewhere if you don't find it at um, at a church you're going to find it somewhere else mm -hmm. work and the fact of the matter is when you get out of college especially if you're going to like a Christian college you 
are no longer in a Christian bubble. Yep. And the world is really like vulgar. <laughs> okay. It, it really yep. is. Yep. Um, and talking to people, I mean, the automotive industry for sure, but talking to everybody else in like teaching and construction, obviously, I don't know. I mean, there's just pretty much every profession of people that I know, they're like, yeah, man, it's just vulgar all the time. And it's, I mean, you're, you're out in a place, you're out of the Christian bubble. It makes you realize that the way you talk, the words you use, oh, yeah. the kind of way that you carry yourself, whatever else is very influenced by this kind of oh, yeah. bubble that, you know, perhaps, especially if you move to a city where, you know, it's, it's a little bit more secular, right? Where, where, you know, it's just, it's just not cool. It's not cool to be a believer and right. yeah, that's a that's a really interesting thought too. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Moving to moving to a different place is kind of odd, and yeah. especially when it comes to uh, this is something that even as you were saying, I also just want to mention it to to whoever's listening. Um, there's kind of like this expectation in college that making friends is really fast and easy, and what I've realized is in college my life looked like a thousand acquaintances, no yeah. real friends. Yeah. And then life now, it's looking more like, oh my gosh, I have very few friends, but they are very, very right. deep. And what's interesting is, uh, I mean, we've talked about this with Nat. I would like to you if, if I told you that it's recent, but I mean, it's been, we've been in at, at the well, I don't know, four years, something like that, three and a half. And it's crazy that uh, we still you know, a few months ago, we didn't have anybody that we were like, these people are our friends. Right. And that says something about the kind of expectation that you can have oh, yeah. into moving into a different town mm -hmm. is that, you know, it doesn't take a week. It perhaps may take two weeks. Right. It perhaps may take six months. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. Uh, totally fine. As long as you are putting yourself out there to be right. to actually be a part of a community, right? Like, that's something that that you can expect too is um, communities tend to be very close because yeah. it's very you know as a postgraduate right friendships become very very dear and yeah. very special which means uh, in a lot of ways people are very skeptical about just welcoming somebody in right. and being like hey dude like come join our group so it does take a lot of time and effort to you know be like i'm gonna put myself out there okay they did something without inviting me it's totally fair. I'm the mm -hmm. new person in the group. Okay, then you wait, and then you wait, and suddenly they start inviting you to do things, and then you're like, okay, right. I love this, and and then you become friends, and that takes a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, friendship becomes, you know, it, this is an advantage that college kind of forces you into, which is uh, you only have four years, and you're right. aware of that, and you think of life in regards to semesters, so you're like, yeah. you know, spring, fall, summer, whatever, and that's why you become friends really easy, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, we only have four years, which means right. I've known you for two semesters and that feels like forever. Yeah. But it, in terms of post-college life, it, it really is not that long. Yeah, it's really not. Because you're right. You look at it like your perspective completely shifts after you graduate. And I guess that was kind of what I was saying earlier about like events and stuff. 
is your perspective shifts in college. You're like, just got to get to the end of the semester. All right, got to get to spring break. Got to get to summer. All right, yep. Thanksgiving break's a month away. Can't wait. Um, and then after college, it's, there's no there's no spring break unless you're a teacher, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there's no spring break. There's no summer break. There's there's no Christmas break. I mean, you may get a day you or may two have off. Like, yeah, yeah. A day or two off. Yeah. But, so it's yeah, time is measured differently yeah. after college. It's, it's one long, yeah. instead of multiple. Yeah. Which, dude, that makes sense. That's something that I'm just recently discovering. It's like how to set those kinds of rhythms because you do need rhythms. Oh yeah. Uh, it's very easy, and this is something that I've realized the past couple of years as well, is it's very easy to kind of get stuck in a rut of I'm just going to work. There's nothing really to look forward to unless yeah. you're like, I'm going out of town this weekend, then you're all ready for the weekend, but that weekend passes, you come back to work, and it's it's really, really easy to get just stuck in a rut of, all right, I'm going to work, and just kind of, it becomes mundane, go to work, come mm-hmm. home, go to work, and, and that's all you do. Um, it can get really lonely. Feel mm-hmm. like you have no life. Um, so that's also, I think, why community is super important, especially if you're moving to a new city. Um, like you have to have community. You have to have people. God made us to have to be in community. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just doing that by yourself, it can get really difficult because there's nothing to look forward to. It's really hard to find purpose when you're in that place mentally. I think community is, yeah, can be a lifesaver. Yep. Getting to know how you're wired. Right. So like if you're an adventurous person, probably like falling into a routine, it's not that, oh, yeah. you know, healthy. Uh, there's an aspect in which you cannot avoid routine, mm-hmm. but you can intentionally set certain practices and and rhythms to to rest perhaps you know um quarterly quarter i can't say that word like a quarterly oh quarterly (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. okay or uh, or twice a year or or perhaps every month or in a weekly basis uh you said this kind of things and and this kind of practices to i don't know kind of like make sure that you're living intentionally maybe having a meal you know i was talking with uh mallory is our uh social uh, media communications kind of intern. And she she was telling me that she's trying to get into this practice where, where once a month, uh, she's inviting somebody over to the house to have a meal with them. Yeah, That's really cool. I like that. That's I know, cool. that's really cool. Or quarterly, uh, perhaps having, you know, kind of like a trip with your yeah. friends where you, you know, rent an Airbnb. And I mean, after yeah. you get a job, you, you have... And especially if you're single, you have all this money oh, yeah. kind of like... Oh, yeah, rolling in the money. <laughs> that was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. No. But, you, but you have a little bit more flexibility right. where, you know, splitting an Airbnb in New Mexico with four oh, friends yeah. is not that hard. And and it, again, if you live intentionally, you can anticipate that and yeah. kind of like sit with your friends and say, okay, March 22nd, everybody's taking up this weekend so that we can go up to, you know, I don't know. New Brown Falls swimming the <laughs> river or something. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But uh, but dude, yeah, that's that's great. Uh,
so I had a I had one more question for you. Do you have any advice in regards to starting a new job? I mean, here's the thing about work. There are people who say if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. I don't believe that um, because I absolutely love my job. It's still work. There's still aspects of it you're not going to like. I feel like any career that you get into, um, there's going to be aspects that you don't like, um, even if you think it's the best job in the world. It's still work. And it's also strange stepping into an already established culture because every work has a different culture. Um, I actually heard this the other day and I kind of, I kind of knew this beforehand, but nobody had ever put words to it. Not all money is good money. Mm. Just because a job, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but just because a job pays amazing, like you're going to be making bank, that doesn't mean it's going to be a great job. Like in where I'm at, when I got out of college, I was working at O'Reilly Auto Parts as a driver, making eight twenty-five an hour. Literally, after uh, my paycheck, after gas bills and groceries, I had like twenty bucks left over to last me for two weeks. But I loved my job; absolutely loved going into work every day. I just drove all day. Like I said at the beginning, I'm a car guy. I love driving, so it was an amazing job. Yeah, but I wasn't making money at all the next job i got i was making three three and a half dollars more an hour but the job was horrible i absolutely just randomly on delivery got this offer um and took it because it was so much better than where i was at money wise and it turned out to be not good i was there a Mm -hmm. month which i definitely think that was part of God's will because if I hadn't have taken that job, the job that I loved wouldn't have never would have made that connection. Um, But yeah, not all money is good money. Just because a job pays a a bunch, that doesn't mean you're going to like the job. If you hate your life and hate going to work every day, that's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not going to be good at all. Well, and, and that also works at scale. Even if you made, somebody offered you like let's say somebody came to me which totally unrealistic and was like I'll give you this job where you make dude six hundred um thousand dollars a year uh but it's gonna involve you traveling seven months out of the year and it's gonna involve uh you staying up uh over at the office and you know et cetera et cetera right. et cetera like there's certain aspects there like Okay, am I going to sacrifice family and I'm going to sacrifice time with community and I'm going to sacrifice time with uh, actually my own personal relationship with the Lord in order to take this job? Maybe our priorities there don't align, right? right? And uh, something that you mentioned too just a second ago, and with this we'll kind of start closing it, but uh, something that you mentioned too is uh, you can also expect that in every transition it, it takes a little while. Yeah. So if you transition into another job or you transition into your first job and then you're like, man, I just hate my job. I just hate my job. Don't quit. Yeah. Right. Give it 
Give it some time. Get through the training period at least. Yeah. Like it took me, I can't remember to, even as a college minister, which my job is awesome. (laughs) I love, at least for me, I love it. But it took me, I can't remember, six months, probably a year to finally feel like I had some sort of grasp about what I was doing. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It, it, time, six months, year, uh, whatever measure. Obviously, if you are depressed because you hate right. your job, it's probably like time to transition. But right. but there's an aspect there of perseverance, and that kind of shapes our character. Right. And makes us people who, you know, makes us people not of the immediate. Yeah. Good things take effort. They take good time. things take time. Good friendships take time. Everything that's good takes time. Yeah. Uh, my experience has been things that come fast are usually not. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah, here. Sorry, you were going to say um, something. One other thing that I have on this is 90% of getting jobs, I would say, is a made up statistic, but I would say about 90% of getting jobs is about who you know. Literally, after my first job, that technically like my third or fourth job, but the job that I had when I got out of college, uh, every other job that I got was because of somebody that I knew. Um, so I didn't take advantage of my professors in college mm-hmm. because I already kind of knew what I was doing. But I know also that if I had have asked my professors, they probably could have found me a job. So as far as getting a foot in the door, um, it's 90% about who you know. Mm-hmm. If you know people, like professors know a lot of people usually, take advantage of that. Well, and it also, like there are two motivations here that I feel like can play out in this. You can become some sort of like fake plastic pleasing everybody for mm-hmm. the sake of creating first impressions and this kind of mindset right. of always, you know, going to the approval of people for getting the job or you can just become the person that Jesus is calling us to become becoming a person of character yeah it's a uh, you know couple with who you know it's also about being a man or a woman of our word right and showing up on time yeah and being disciplined and serving and sacrificing and it looks a lot more like extending forgiveness and all these things that actually you know, it's, it's the calling that Jesus is right. calling us to become, right? And then from there on, move forward. Yeah. Uh, even if we don't get the job, that's still something oh, yeah. worth pursuing. Because uh, the fact of the matter is, if you're faking who you are to try to get a job, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to get into the job and they're going to realize that you are faking it. And at least eventually. Like you. Mm-hmm. Eventually they will. And they're not going to like that. You're probably going to lose your job or you will be forced to keep up that fake persona that got you the job and you're going to hate your life. Yeah. Well, it's exhausting. You're going to hate going to work every day because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's exhausting to keep up a fake persona, keep Mm -hmm. on, keep on a mask. It's, it's Mm -hmm. exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. That principle is really interesting. You cannot fake forever. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, Absolutely. You are amazing, and I have a lot of respect for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this episode was helpful. Uh, If you have any questions or comments or would like to uh, be in the loop about 
what is going on during the week, uh, send us an email to collegeatthewellabilene.com or you can also follow us on Instagram at the Will College. So see you next time.